Good morning. And welcome to worship today. A special welcome to friends, guests, and visitors. Uh, and a special welcome to those who are joining us online or by phone. We're very glad that you are with us. Just a few announcements before we begin. Um, first of all, we are so glad to have uh, Carolyn Schneider with us today, home from Jamaica. Uh, uh, you might remember about a year ago this time, <laughs> Carolyn's waving back there if you see her, uh, <laughs> uh, about a year ago this time, we held a sending service for, for Carolyn as she departed for uh, Jamaica to serve as global missionary. And after church today, um, we are going to hear a presentation from her about her year in Jamaica, her school year down there at the Theological Seminary. And we're going to try doing it up here in the sanctuary in part so that we can record it for anyone who's not here. Uh, we can have a video of it that we can share with them. And so that's why we've got this stuff set up here. Uh, that's for after the service. And so we'll, we'll have our worship today, and then we're going to have a little short break where we get a few things set up. But we're going to have everyone try and sit up in this section because we think that will be the best place to, uh, to see the presentation. So welcome, Carolyn. We're, we're so glad to see you and looking forward to hearing from, from more from you soon. So. A few other things going on today. Um, today is the Madison Pride Festival, and uh, Trinity is taking part in the Synod booth at Pride Festival at Warner Park. Uh, we've got, I know, a couple of members here who are going to that festival, um, but all are welcome to, to stop by, or if you'd like to go see what's, uh, what's on at the Synod table, um, that'll be at Warner Park today from 1 to 6. Sure, most people have noticed by now the new landscaping over by the parking lot underneath the mural. We are looking for some uh, helpers for that. We've got a, a few people who've um, helped with watering it so far, but in these early weeks, it's important that it gets a lot of water. So if, if you are uh, interested, um, we do have a hose available. Um, we've got some instructions for what you, we need you to do, um, but uh, you can talk to me or you can talk to Dina in the office. And uh, we're putting together a little schedule, especially for these first six weeks. And then a week from today, uh, so next week, next Sunday, um, uh, we have our Lowell Elementary Service Day. We're going to be putting together teacher appreciation gift bags downstairs in the fellowship hall. And then a few of us will also be heading over to the playground to do some weeding. So if you are interested in taking part in that, you can either just show up next Sunday and take part, um, or uh, you can let us know you're going to be there by signing up in the back uh, so we have a sense of how many people we'll have. I think we're doing pretty good on donations for things. Uh, we've been collecting a few donations for, uh, for those gift bags, and if you're curious about contributing to that financially or otherwise, you can talk to Jen Dyer, but I think we're doing okay. So please join us next uh, Sunday. Um, in the back, there's this purple sheet, um, and this is a little summary of churchwide assembly. I shared last week that I was in, at churchwide assembly um, in Columbus, Ohio, as part of our synod delegation. If you're curious about some of the things that happened there, find this purple sheet in the back of the church. Um, this is a good summary. It doesn't cover everything, but it, it's got a, got a good... Uh, outline of what happened. Um, 
And then uh, finally, someone was mentioning that the first hymn is 858, and I think it might say 838 in the bulletin. So uh, the opening hymn is supposed to be Praise to the Lord Almighty, which is, is uh, number 858. Are there any other announcements we should make today? Shirley? Oh, yeah, thank you, Shirley. Uh, in the back, um, we have a couple of cards that we are hoping people will sign today. Um, one is for Philip, who was our custodian here until very recently um, for a few years. And so uh, we wanted to send him a thank you for the, the uh, years that he kept our building clean. So um, if you want to sign that card, that is in the back. And then uh, the other card is for Bishop Joy Mortensen Weeby and uh, her husband, Pastor Darren Weeby. Um, also around, I think it was around this time last year, uh, uh, Bishop Joy and Darren uh, joined our church as members. Uh, we're, we're celebrating that with them around this time. Uh, Darren was an interim pastor at that time, serving around the Synod, but he's now taken a call to be the new pastor at Lakeview Lutheran. Um, and so since he's the pastor over there, uh, they're transferring their membership over to Lakeview. So we're, we're very glad for their time with us here, but we're also happy for Darren and Bishop Joy that Darren has this new call um, and so we have a card for them if you want to wish them well and send them with our, with our blessings. Is that, that good? So thank you to Shirley for organizing that. Please sign those cards in the back. I think that's pr anything else? Not seeing anything else. With that, we'll begin our worship with our prelude music, a time to center ourselves for worship. Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font.
Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not followed your path, but have chosen our own way. Instead of putting others before ourselves, we long to take the best seats at the table. When met by those in need, we have too often passed by on the other side. Set us again on the path of life. Save us from ourselves and free us to love our neighbors. Amen. Hear the good news. God does not deal with us according to our sins, but delights in granting pardon and mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You are free to love as God loves. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God of wisdom, how do we make meaning of Jesus' stories that use people's physical differences as problems to be fixed instead of gifts to be celebrated? In your stories, people who are blind always get to see, and people who have limited mobility end up being able to run. But in our stories and our lived experiences, we don't always want or need physical healing. Instead, we simply long for a world where all, all are welcomed, just as we are. Amen. Please be seated. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, serving your own interests, or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth, I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Word of God, word of life.
The second reading is from Hebrews chapter 12. You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused, the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 13th chapter. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, 
be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. And grace and peace be with you, friends, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to do something a little bit different today by adding a few more verses to today's gospel reading. You see, we stopped at verse 17, but the next few verses can perhaps change, give us a new perspective on how we interpret the story of the woman with the curved spine. In the next verse, verse 18, Jesus launches into some familiar parables, into brief parables of the kingdom. First, he compares it to a mustard seed, and then with yeast leavening a loaf of bread. The text says, He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like, and to what should I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. Then he says something very similar about a little bit of yeast added to flour. The kingdom is like that, he says. Now, we could take these parables as completely unrelated to the story before them. And that is often how we take those verses out of the narrative context. It could be that Luke, the storyteller and editor of the Jesus tradition, just need to throw these things in somewhere and put them after this story. But the text seems to draw the parables and the story of the woman together. The parables are introduced with the word, therefore, and I was, always, I was taught to always ask, when you find a therefore in the Bible, you ask, what is it there for? What is it referring to beforehand? It suggests that these parables are told in response to what has just happened. He said, therefore, after this argument over the Sabbath, after this woman has been healed, that the kingdom is like a mustard seed. Either Luke or Jesus himself seem to want us to draw a connection between the healing of this woman and his larger vision of bringing the kingdom of God into our midst. What happens to this story if we read it in light of the wider kingdom movement, of a kingdom that begins with a tiny mustard seed? The truth is, I struggle with this story about the woman being healed in the synagogue. The story, as we just heard it, was that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. We know by now that he is on his way to Jerusalem where he will die on the cross. And just a few verses before this, which we preached on recently, he said that he came not to bring peace, but conflict and division. And that seems to be what he does here. Tensions are running higher and higher as Jesus approaches the cross. In the midst of this tension, in the midst of this teaching in the synagogue, a woman with a severe forward flexion of her spine walks in. 
we have different medical terms than they would have at that time, so it's hard to know exactly what her physical ailment might have been. Perhaps we would call it some form of arthritis or the beginning of ankylosing, spondylitis, or some other uh, ailment. Whatever the cause, the story tells us that this woman had dealt with this for 18 years. It's a long time. Enough of us have struggled with back pain or some other form of chronic pain, or we know someone who has, to imagine some of the challenges this woman must have faced. And I would say just in general that our society does not form us, does not teach us how to deal well with the pain of others, especially chronic pain. How do we sit in love when someone is in pain? We'd rather push it away, I think. One of the things that troubles me about this text is the way it can be used to encourage or support ableism in our culture and our churches. The way Jesus describes her ailment as being bound by Satan can feed into a notion of disability and disease being somehow related to a person's sin or worth. Or that healing is only proportionate to faith. Peter Heide, who's a pastor in our synod, uh, happens to be very active in the disabilities ministry in the ELCA, in part because Peter himself is blind. Peter became blind when he was about 10 years old, and he tells a story of when he was in his teen years, someone dragged him to an Oral Roberts rally where someone promised him he could be healed of his blindness. When he wasn't healed, he was told that he didn't have enough faith. But on the trip home, Peter told those who took him that he wasn't healed because he believed God had things for him to do as a blind person. And Peter, who served as a pastor for many years, has lived this out in so many ways, offering his unique gifts to the church and to the world. In a recent blog post for the ELCA Disability Ministries, he said, our wholeness is in Jesus Christ. We are not broken. We are not pitiable accidents. We do not need to be healed. We have gifts to share with the world because of our own understandings. We have faith strong enough to forgive the fears of able-bodied people when they see in us their greatest nightmares. We continue to remain strong in faith, strong enough to continue knocking at the door of blessing and equity. We are uniquely created children of God in God's own image. Get used to it, he said. This is why I wish we knew more about this woman in the story. We're given so little detail about her life. We don't even know her name. We don't know her story. We're not even told that she wanted to be healed. In several of the other healing stories of Jesus' ministry, the person asks to be healed, or Jesus asks them first if they want to be healed. Here, Jesus just calls the woman over, lays his hands on her, and says, you are healed. It can almost feel like Jesus is using her as an object lesson for the crowd. We must assume that the woman was on board because the text says that when she was healed, she started praising God. But I do wish we were given more of her story. I think the other pitfall and the other thing that gives me pause in this story is the way that it's often been preached turns into a caricature of the Jewish people in faith. 
Often we set, tell stories like this with the Christian good guys and the Jewish bad guys. We've too often been schooled in anti-Semitic readings that make the Jewish faith a foil for our Christian faith. And we should be suspicious when people like us always end up looking good like the heroes and people who don't, aren't like us always get it wrong. It should send up a little red flag for us. It's true here that there's a conflict over what's appropriate for the Sabbath day, over the true meaning of the Sabbath day in a way, but it's too simplistic to caricature this as a story of the Old Testament Jewish God versus the New Testament God we meet in Jesus. That's too simplistic. Because the best traditions of the Sabbath day in the Jewish faith are about liberation and rest and justice for all people. The Sabbath command comes out of the experience of the Exodus, of people in slavery being freed, freed to be able to rest. It is hard not to fall into these old tropes, but out of love and appreciation for our Jewish neighbors, we need to appreciate a more complicated picture. At the churchwide assembly this year, the assembly was addressed by Rabbi Esther Laterman of the Union for Reform Judaism. She was responding to a declaration that the ELCA put out several years ago and just revised called the Declaration to the Jewish Community. And in particular, this document repudiates Martin Luther's anti-Semitic teachings. And it commits us to seeking right relationships with our Jewish siblings. And Rabbi Lederman told a story from her tradition that I just loved. She told this story from an ancient rabbi. The ancient rabbi went into an inn, and he saw and sat next to two local peasants. And the one peasant said to the other, tell me, friend, do you love me? The other said, of course I love you. We drink together every night. Then the friend said, tell me, friend, what causes me pain? And the peasant says, how would I know? I'm just your drinking buddy. And the friend says, if you loved me, you would know what causes me pain. And from that day on, that rabbi taught that to be a true friend is to know what causes your friend pain. And isn't that the kind of compassion that's being called for in this story, for this woman who for 18 years has faced the challenges of this ailment? The debate over the Sabbath here isn't between Jew and Christian. It's a debate going on within the Jewish tradition, in a way, of how best to live the teachings of the Torah. Because of these difficulties with ableism and the pitfall of anti-Semitism and interpretation, I'd like us to try something a little different. I'd like us to consider the story of this woman through that lens of the mustard seed. We don't know her name. But what if she is the mustard seed Jesus is talking about? He says, therefore, and tells the parable. What if the kingdom of God is like raising up an isolated member of our community? What if yeast in the flour is someone, what if the yeast in our flour is someone that we would least expect, someone we overlooked? What if despite all your expectations, you are the mustard seed? Because this woman had been suffering for 18 years, I imagine that in addition to her physical challenges, 
she had been pushed aside by the community, pushed to the edges, to the margins. We see this in our own time. In our own time, according to the Census Bureau, full-time, year-round workers with a disability earn 80 cents for every dollar earned by those with no disability. Our society values them that much less. That is, in Jesus' time and in ours, we devalue the contributions and the gifts of those living with disabilities. What if part of Jesus' healings wasn't so much about the physical healing for this individual as it was a healing of the community to see this person for who she really was? A daughter of Abraham, he calls her. Taking someone who is devalued and lifting them up. What if they had overlooked her God-given gifts because of outward appearances, expectations, and stigma? We might want the kingdom of God to come to us in big ways. But our God is so frustratingly particular. He loves us individually, specifically, with the number of hairs on our heads. It is a God who goes to find the one leaving the 99 behind. Jesus says the kingdom of God is not like a firework or a bomb or a bang, but like a mustard seed. Jesus says it comes in small ways and it grows and it grows and it grows. The kingdom of God, he might be saying, is like a woman who for 18 years had been overlooked and pushed to the side by her community, but one day she was lifted up and seen for who she was. As the commentator Fred Craddock says, a woman bound by Satan has just been loosed. Not a major earth-shaking event, but in that single act is the beginning of the reign of God in the world and the beginning of the end of Satan's destructive power. Who are we overlooking or looking down upon today? Because maybe that person is the seed that gets the whole thing going. The seed where the reign of God can grow and flourish in our midst today. And maybe, don't discount this, maybe that person is you. What if we were as frustratingly particular as our God? To take one person and says, we, say, we are going to love you until you are at your full spiritual stature in Christ. Your gifts are fully flourishing. What if we were to take one person and do that, lifting them up over and over again until they were who God created them to be? And what if we were to multiply that? A seed, yeast, flourishing, growing. Be lifted up today, my dear siblings, for the Sabbath day is a gift, a day for liberation, for rest, for justice, for dignity. It's a day when the kingdom of God can take root and grow branches. It is a day to be loosed, to be released, to be your full God-given self. Today is the day of your healing. Amen.
trusting in God's extraordinary love, let us come near to the Holy One in prayer. You crown your church with steadfast love and mercy. Guide us continually in our baptismal covenant to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. Use our diverse gifts in service to the whole people of God. Merciful God, receive, receive our, our prayer. You satisfy the needs of all creatures. Protect the habitats of fish and birds, especially the Arboretum and Cherokee Marsh. Repair ecosystems damaged by misuse, neglect, or natural disaster, that all creation may thrive. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You make your ways known to all people. Inspire the rulers and leaders of nations with your compassion and mercy. Raise up activists and community organizers to restore places affected by violence, poverty, and inequality. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You provide justice for all who are oppressed and relief to all who are afflicted. Heal those who are bent over by addiction, depression, and anxiety. Set free all who cry out under the weight of mental, emotional, or physical distress, especially Jackie, Leticia, Denia, Sharon, Kristen, and those whom we name now aloud or silently. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You call us to delight in the Sabbath, renew our bodies, minds, and spirits in this worshiping assembly. Give rest to all who lead our congregation in worship, study, and service, especially the leaders of our council and commissions. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Generations, bless your holy name. We give thanks for the communion of saints who have gathered in prayer and praise in this place. Support us in your love until we rest forever in you. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We lift up special prayers today, God, for Carolyn and her service in Jamaica. We ask that you would bless her teaching, bless her students, that you would connect us to the global body of Christ through her. We give you thanks for her service and her presence with us today. Merciful God, Receive the prayers of your children, merciful God, and hold us forever in your steadfast love through Jesus Christ, our holy wisdom. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace those around you. Peace be with you.
Set apart and shunned, the sick and those in shame. And then your touch brought life and health, gave speech and strength and sight. And youth renewed, with health restored, claimed you the Lord of light. And so, O Lord, be near to bless, almighty now as then, in every street, in every home, in every troubled friend. Restore and strengthen, soothe and bless with your almighty breath. On hands that work and eyes that see your healing wisdom pour. At poor and sick and weak and strong, they praise you Please stand as you are able. Let us pray. God of abundance, you have set before us a plentiful harvest. As we feast on your goodness, strengthen us to labor in your fields and equip us to bear fruit for the good of all. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, you have brought us this far along the way. In times of bitterness, you did not abandon us, but guided us into the path of love and light. In every age, you sent prophets to make known your loving will for all humanity. The cry of the poor has become your own cry. Our hunger and thirst for justice is your own desire. In the fullness of time, you sent your chosen servant to preach good news to the afflicted, to break bread with the outcast and despised, and to ransom those in bondage to prejudice and sin. On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. It's my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his death and resurrection, we await the day when Jesus shall return to free all the earth from the bonds of slavery and death. Come, Lord Jesus, and let the church say, Amen. Amen. Send your Holy Spirit, our advocate, to fill the hearts of all who share this bread and cup with courage and wisdom to pursue love and justice in all the world. Come, Spirit of freedom, and let the church say, Amen. Amen. Join our prayers and praise with your prophets and martyrs of every age, that rejoicing in the hope of the resurrection, we might live in the freedom and hope of your Son. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Gather to one by the Holy Spirit. Let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion today. Communion today, you'll go to the side aisles and come forward where at the front there are these two side tables where you will find empty cups. Grab an empty cup and bring it with you to the railing where it will be filled with wine and where you will receive bread. If you need grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab them and bring them with you to the railing. Uh, we want all friends, guests, and visitors to know that everyone is welcome to commune with us today because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table, and the invitation comes to you from Christ. We welcome as well our friends who are joining us online and by phone. We are glad you are with us today, and we extend our table to you uh, and are glad that you are around the table with us this morning. All is now ready receive this invitation to communion. 
In Christ's presence, there is fullness of joy. Come to the banquet.
Please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Just one more reminder for those who are able to stick around for a presentation from Carolyn Schneider about her uh, mission work in Jamaica. So we'll have our postlude music, then we'll gather up in this space up on the left-hand side of the sanctuary. The God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, comfort you, 
and show you the path of life this day and always. Amen. Amen.